What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Sony Open. I love this event. Fun fact, it was the first PGA Tour event I actually saw in person, which is always fun when you get to see the guys up close. But before we jump into that, last week, absolutely phenomenal. Cam Smith gets the victory. The Slack channel was blowing up with screenshots and, and tickets that they've won and, and great success had by all. So congratulations to everyone who sent me a screenshot, who sent me a note, who sent me an email, a DM. It is all very much appreciated. And I wish you great success as we head to the full field event here at Wiley. Now, a couple of items, housekeeping. These are important and they're timely. So don't fast forward. I know some of you like to fast forward through this. Give me like 90 seconds here and I'll run through them. All the tools that you see in this video and all my videos are from my website, rickrungood.com, a massive golf database that is focused on DFS and betting purposes. If you would like to win a subscription, I forgot to do this last week because I was so excited. If you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. Make sure you like this video. You are subscribed. Thank you very much for doing that. And leave a comment below with who you think is going to win the Sony Open. That's way number one. Way number two is to leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. Say something nice and leave me your Twitter handle so that I can get in touch with you. The link is in the description. That's announcement number one. Announcement number two, if you are in New York or basically seven or eight other states, Caesars has massive offerings for you, but the best ones are about to expire. So you've got about another week or so to take advantage of the $1,000 first bet match if you lose it. Otherwise, you just keep the money. And if you wager $100 on an NBA game in the next week, you get your choice of an authentic NBA jersey. So that's available not only in New York, which just came live, uh, Tennessee, Indiana, Michigan. Check, check your state. Go to rickrungood.com slash bets. I have all the states and all the offers there. You can combine those two promotions, which is very, very rare. And then finally, if you want to play a one and done this season, the Rick Run Good Run and Done starts this week. You need to be in before this event starts. So you don't want to dilly-dally. You want to make sure you get in right now. Um, the link is in the description. Everything you need to know, the steps to click, it, it's all there for you. It'll be in the description. As of last check, had about 330 paid people. That's about how many we had last year. So we're going to easily surpass last year's total. Don't email me on Friday or Monday asking how to get into a one and done. Th th this is it. Come join me. It'll be a lot of fun. Otherwise... I think that's it. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your like. Thank you for your subscription. I really do appreciate it. Let's jump into this week's DFS preview. Why lie country club? That's right. We're going to Honolulu, Oahu. We were on Maui last week. Short little trip to Oahu. And this is generally a very easy course it's a course with great history we've played here basically every year for 52 consecutive years i think the only year they've missed was 1970 so plenty of great data very flat course very um generous uh, scores i think is what you're going to see this week it's short so we've seen some of our recent winners matt kuchar kevin na uh, guys that you don't necessarily have to hit it all that far to find success cam smith yeah, one couple of years ago. Still on Bermuda, 7,000 yards, par 70, green size is about 6,500. If you look at the course correlation, not much stands out here. So I did a little bit of a 
a, a, a redo. I got very excited when I first did this model and I loaded in like 110 courses and I'm like, Rick, you're an idiot. Why, why would you, why would you do that? We're only playing, you know, 38, 39, 40 courses a year, something like that. So I I've, I've just taken it down to the courses that we're going to play this year. So there's 40 in the database. That's what you're seeing the ranks out of. And the one that stands alone here, or at least the most correlated to success is strokes gain putting. And what that does not mean it doesn't mean that you that you have to putt well that week to win. That's likely, but what that means is guys who are generally good putters for the season have more success at Wiley than other places because you're going to need to make a lot of birdies. Everyone's going to be reaching the par fives in two. You're going to have a lot of birdie looks, so that makes total sense. The ones that don't really matter, driving distance ranked 31st out of 40 courses on the PGA Tour. It's the worst ranked stat here. Again, doesn't mean that driving distance is a hindrance to you. It just means that you don't have to be long to find success at Wildlife. That's what we're dealing with this week. So when we get to the model portion of it, we'll look for really good putters. Uh, maybe we'll lean a bit on approach. That's about a middle of the road stat that generally gives you a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of looks at birdie, and you're certainly going to need to make a lot of them this week. Cam Smith, he is your best adjusted fit if you look at those stats for the last 25 rounds, which is a little bit scary because he's won this course before. Sung JM up there, Taylor Gooch, Webb Simpson, and Tom Hoagie. Early in, the, early in the video, we've got a Tom Hoagie sighting, $7,600. That's, that's a good value if we like Tom Hoagie for this week, but we'll dive more into him in just a second. Let's roll on. I do real quick want to look at the power rankings. Last 50 rounds, we can sort by just players in this field and start to see how this is shaking out to see if we can get kind of a grasp of a couple names before we actually start looking at the cheat sheet and the golfer profiles and the Holy Grail and all that good stuff. Chad Ramey... Number one in the raw power rankings. Now, this is why we have the conversation about weighted versus raw strokes gain metrics. Get to that in just one second. Cam Smith, number two in the last 50. No surprise there. Seamus Power, Sung JM, Maverick McNeely, Taylor Gooch showing up again. Let's weigh, let's weigh these. So uh, Chad Ramey, of his 50 rounds, the majority of them were on the Corn Ferry Tour. So when I go to the weighted strokes gain metrics and I change this to 50 rounds, the same time frame, I'm sure Ramey's going to drop significantly down the board. And yeah, he does. I don't even... I don't even really see him. 33rd. That's where he drops to. So that's why the weighted stuff is so important. Cam Smith, is he going to go back to back? I don't know. If I knew the answer to that question, I could just stop the video right now. But he is played splendidly last week, is going back to a place at Wildlife where he's won. He is the statistical model darling, as he really was last week, right? Kept popping up all over the place. We'll see what his ownership is later in the week, and he's certainly going to be, um, you know, he is the most expensive golfer. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Sung JM is two, Webb Simpson three, Gooch four, Harris English five. Just kind of getting a sense of these players. I want to talk a lot about Sung Jae. I want to talk about a lot about Webb Simpson for that matter. So I think we should hop on over to the cheat sheet. Five golfers over $10,000, and the pricing came out before we had a slew of WDs. Ches Reeve out, Lonto Griffin out, uh, uh, Troy Merritt in, Bryson DeChambeau out. So that's that was the big name that came out of the top range here. So Smith, Hideki, Webb Simpson, Sung J.M., and Mark Leishman. I'll be very quick on Cameron Smith. He was... Absolutely phenomenal last week, as you can imagine. Uh, gained uh, just just battles it out with John Rahm. Basically, we cashed 
you know, everybody cashed in on their Cam Smith ticket. I, I believe he's in for a big year. I described that last week. I described it in a video that I did um, looking for players for, for 2022. I, I described it in an article that I wrote for Golf Digest. I'm very, very bullish on him. So I certainly expect the good play to continue. It's just a matter of if you want to pay the price and what you can fit around him. If you're willing to go a little bit further down the board, I worry about Hideki a little bit. $10,600 for that price tag, and we're going to go to the Holy Grail, and we're going to load up Hideki and his history at Wiley. And it's getting better, but it's not great, right? So here's Hideki at Wiley. He's played here eight times. Does not have a top 10. Starting to get better. Never really gained strokes putting. Hasn't gained strokes putting here since 2012. This is actually the tournament in which he has played the most in his career. I got to remember this off the top of my head. Played the most in his career without a top 10. So there might be a little kryptonite here for Hideki Matsuyama. Now, Webb Simpson and Sung J.M. are next at 10,500 and 10,300, respectively. Yeah, all in here. So, a couple of reasons. Sung J.M. continues to impress. He's now got, you know, a handful of starts here in the 2022 season. He's got an eighth at the Tournament of Champions, at a top 20 in Houston. Of course, he won at the Shriners. Yeah, like, happy to fire up Sung J. But another guy I'm super bullish on, Webb Simpson. Really weird year last year. I can show you that, but the last time we saw him... He was back to looking like Webb, right? He gained a ton of a strokes, ton of strokes on approach at the RSM Classic. But here's Webb's history at the Sony Open. And this almost gets lost because there's, what, five unbelievable histories for Webb? You get Wyndham, you get maybe, you could throw Phoenix in there, you could throw the RSM Classic in there, maybe even a little bit of Harbor Town. Uh, there's just a lot of really good places for Webb. People forget about this one. So, in the 11 trips to Wiley, he's never missed the cut. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven top 15s in 11 starts. His last three, fourth, third, fourth, constantly gaining strokes on approach. I wonder what the industry is going to do with him because he didn't have a particularly great year. And I, and I shouldn't even say that. He did not have a Webb Simpson year last year, and he was still 12th in strokes gained. A down year, 12th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained total. Absolutely phenomenal stuff from Webb Simpson. I'm stoked about him for this year. So um, I, I've got no problem with Cam Smith. If you can fit him into lineups that you like, all good. Run him out there. But the Smith, Webb, and Sungjae, those are the three that I'm focusing on in that $10,000 range. Let's move down to the nines. Because there's a couple of interesting names here as well. Abraham Answer, who seemingly wasn't a particularly great fit for the plantation course, and that ended up shaking out as expected. I think he's a much better fit for Wiley. I like that. Um, but there is one name that I cannot stop staring at in this $9,000 range, and it's Corey Connors. Let me try to do a couple of different illustrations here for Corey Connors. So... I'm going to go back to the raw data on the power rankings. I'm going to keep it at 50 rounds, and I'm going to sort by approach. And I imagine Connors has got to be fairly close to the top of the list here. There is one name in this $9,000 range that I'm laser-focused on, and it's Corey Connors. So let me, let me try to illustrate something for Corey Connors here, and I'm going to go back to the power rankings. I've got this by the last 100 rounds. Every single player in the field sorted by ball strikers. And Corey Connors is by far 
the best in the field. If I uncheck the field and go with everybody on tour, the top ball strikers in the last 100 rounds, that's a year basically for most guys. John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Corey Connors. Elite, elite ball striker. Well, of course he is. That's, not, that's probably no surprise, but we know he's not a very good putter. Au contraire, at Wiley, he's got something shocking going on. I tweeted this out earlier. He has never, in three trips to Wiley, lost strokes putting. And not only has he never lost strokes putting, he's gaining like 13 strokes. I tweeted this out. It was basically there are only, I think there's only five courses in which Corey Connors has played three times in his career at least and has gained strokes putting on. He's not a very good putter. And it's this is by and away, far and away, the best putting spot for him. So maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe there's something he really likes. Maybe he has a little bit of a re. I don't know what it is, but the numbers are jarring. And when you combine that with the already elite ball striking, Corey Connors seemingly setting up very well this week at $9,600. I'm not as excited about the rest of this guys in this in the range here. You know, Harris English didn't play particularly well last week. Taylor Gooch held his own 15th in a field of, you know, 38 of the top players. And he was basically your MVP of the fall. No problem running Gooch out there. But I'm, I'm just laser focused on Connors, probably number one in the $9,000 range. Abraham Answer likely my number two option, especially because I think you'll get... I think you'll get a little bit of a discount, right? He, ha- he doesn't have great course history around Wiley. Finished nearly dead last last week. There's other good options here. I I, I think I think answers a little bit of a contrarian play. We'll see maybe on the on the Wednesday live chat what his ownership looks like and if if he's someone that we can that we can target. The eight thousand dollar range. This is where the range starts to get bigger. Jason Kokrak absolutely destroyed us last week. Uh, you know, if he finishes even T23, I probably win all the money. He did not. He finished dead last. That's a little bit concerning. But I want to start looking through. I, I want to try to find a data-driven way to look at these guys in the $8,000 range. So I'm going to go back over to the Holy Grail here, and I'm going to remove my filter for the tournament. And I'm just going to basically say since the start of 2021, so a little over a year, and then I'm going to sort by strokes gain total and just look for the first couple of $8,000 names that pop up. Well, Seamus Power pops up. Okay, he's 8,100. He's gaining over a stroke per round. He's the first guy in the $8,000 range that pops up. Russell Henley's number two. Okay, Russell Henley, 84 rounds. Basically, all of his gains are via the approach play. Had a couple of close calls. Last year, remember, he was one of your 54-hole co-leaders at the U.S. Open. Had a really good stretch of golf. Played well in Houston. I could get behind this. I could get behind Russell Henley. Let's just confirm his, um, his, his Sony history. Yeah, he's got an 11th. Oh my God. Perfect. 11th in 2021, 13th, a few years before that 17th in 2015 and your winner in 2013. So Russell Henley shaping up to be an interesting option there. Let's go back to the Holy Grail, continue for our search of $8,000 golfers. And Mav McNeely is next. Mav McNeely has been a pretty volatile golfer in his career, although recently we're starting to see an upward trajectory. Let me actually go to his golfer profile page because I think that might might show it a little bit better here. If I can spell his name correctly, Maverick. 
has my name in it. So I should be able to spell that. Okay, yeah, look at his chart here. So this is running strokes gained. And you can see from, and, and a lot of this, you know, he's got just a few rounds, but basically his, his, 2020, uh, his 2020, not great. He's basically a losing player. And then since the end of 2019, uh, going into 2020, going into 2021, it's, a, it's an upward trajectory, up and to the right, basically in, in full force. And you're going to see it even here in the fall. He played one, two, three, four, five, six, six times in the fall, runner-up at Fortinet. That was your first event of the year. Then his last three were all top 25s, Zozo, Houston, T11 there, T19 in, in um, I'm sorry, it was T11 in Mayakoba, T19 in Houston. He's now gained strokes on the field all but twice dating back to the Charles Schwab. That's, that's good stuff from Mav McNeely. I, I got to give him credit. We're starting to see the driver pan, pan out. We're starting to see the game just get much sharper. This is kind of what you would expect from a young guy figuring things out. So this feels like a really good spot for him as well in the $8,000 range. So again, probably focusing on Henley, McNeely, maybe Seamus Power. Uh, Cam Davis did it again. Right, Cam Davis, eight thousand dollars, out out uh, flanked his finishing position with DraftKings points. I think he had three eagles last week. That sh that DraftKings gained metric, phenomenal stuff. Uh, last two trips to Wiley, thirty first and ninth. Could he get it going again? Those are the guys I'm pretty much focused on in the $8,000 range. If you want to talk about fades or guys that you might want to stay away from, Matt Jones is probably the first name that pops up. Last week. As much as I love Matt Jones, and he's such a great guy and all that good stuff, last week seemingly an outlier for him. Um, you know, the 12 strokes he gained on the field, by far his best since his victory at the Honda Classic. In fact, his win in March at the Honda, he didn't have a top 15 until last week. So basically nine months. So is that an outlier or did he find something? Uh, looks a lot like an outlier because he gained about six strokes putting, which was one of the best putting performances of his career. It's just hard to think that this is going to continue for Matt Jones. $7,000 range is massive. Starts with Brendan Steele, Chris Kirk, goes all the way down to Alex Smalley, Adam Shank. And I think this is probably where your GPPs are won and lost. There's going to be a couple of popular options, and I think there's a lot of guys in this range that we haven't seen in a while, that might surprise us, they might get hot. Like This is where GPPs are going to be won and lost. Aaron Rye, 7,700. He did not want the fall to end, right? 15th at Mayakoba, 19th at Houston, 16th at the RSM. That is three consecutive top 20 finishes. If we look other, elsewhere in this range, here was Tom Hoagie. Remember he popped up earlier for power rankings, course fit? I think it was course fit. Fourth at the RSM, has finished third here in 2018, 12th in 2020, He's a lot more volatile, right? 14th at the Shriners, missed the cut at the Sanderson, two missed cuts here in his last four years. Just a much more volatile golfer than a lot of his peers here. Certainly wouldn't mind kind of heading down the Tom Hoagie path. Other guys. Uh, Denny McCarthy, again, another guy who did not want the fall to end. 17th at the Sanderson, 15th at Mayakoba, 11th at Houston, 10th at the RSM. He was slowly tracking towards that victory. Not a very long hitter. This would probably be one of the better spots for him on the PGA Tour. 
if you go back to the power rankings and look at, I'm now on the weighted strokes gain metrics, the weighted power rankings for the last 50 rounds. A couple of guys in this range do show up. Keegan Bradley's 14th, and he is, again, the ball striker who struggles with the flat stick. Well, let's see what he's done at the Sony Open. Maybe I can find something of note here. He's only played it once. Yeah, this is such a Keegan, a Keegan result, isn't it? Only played it once, missed the cut, gained 5.6 ball striking, lost seven strokes with the putter. Keegan's not very good. He's not going to lose seven strokes with the putter again. In fact, I actually think he's been a lot better recently. Let me just pull him up. There was a time in uh, a couple of months ago that we were saying this might be gains for Keegan Bradley. Let's just see where his putter's at in the, at the moment. Lost three strokes at the RSM Classic in two rounds, but has gained. I'll tell you what. He still has really bad putting weeks, but he has gained strokes in about half of his events dating back to the API. Now, when he loses, he's going to lose big. But this is what you're looking for. Gain two, gain two, gain one, gain one, gain one, gain one. Like that's that's what you want from, from Keegan this week. There were two names that, that popped up when we did the power rankings. We did the raw power rankings because that includes the Corn Ferry Tour data. And it was Alex Smalley and Chad Ramey. Let's start with Alex Smalley here who had an okay fall, right? He played six times, made the cut in four of them, had a 12th in Bermuda, a 15th at the Houston Open, Hit his driver pretty well. Gained between about about a stroke and a half uh, in most events. The putter can be very bad. It can be very good. I wouldn't mind that. You can kind of see he's had he's had decent success on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, especially down the stretch of 2021, which is why you saw him pop up on the raw strokes gained uh, power rankings there. And then Ramey was the other one. And Ramey's Corn Ferry. Uh, stats are, are are even better, right? So if you go back and you look at his his 2021 on the Corn Ferry, he lost strokes to the field, man, basically twice. And one of them was, I, I watched, that was at Paiute. That was um, 30 mile an hour winds and freezing. The other one he lost, and he lost less than a stroke there. The other one was in Utah, lost a stroke to the field that week. He made the cut in both of those. The rest of the time he's been an absolutely just solid gainer. And then you look at what he's done now that he's got the status on the, on the, on the PGA tour and finished 14th at the Shriners, 17th at Bermuda. He did miss the cut at the RSM in Houston, but he was good with the ball striking in both of those. The reason that he missed the cut there, it was a, it was short game. It was around the green and putting. So interested to see if he's kind of able to take another leap forward. He's got a pretty decent pedigree. When you start looking at, the metrics, I start to get excited about, about Chad Ramey. And those guys are, you know, Smalley is, is $7,000. Uh, Ramey is $7,100. So neither of them are, are particularly going to, to break the bank in that $7,000 range, which I think is pretty critical. And then just an absolutely massive $6,000 range here. I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's not a ton of names I'm super excited about. Hank Lebiota. I don't know what version we're going to get of him. If you look at the last 50 rounds, his weighted metrics are better than his raw metrics because it includes those top 10 finishes where he was just piling up top 10s and then he just has missed a bunch of cuts in a row. That guy needed kind of a reset and he might have gotten it in the last couple of months. I am cautiously optimistic about Hank Lebiota. Same price as Hudson Swafford. Let me give you 
a look at Swafford here. And actually, just as I do that, I realized that I had a filter on. So I want to correct this because I had a filter on when I was talking about Keegan Bradley only playing at YLI once. That is incorrect. He's played here a lot. He's played here nine times. He's, his best finish is a T12. Routinely gained strokes in the ball striking categories. Routinely gained stro- loses strokes with the putter. So I don't think it changes my thoughts on Keegan, but I did want to correct that for just a second because I, I realized that I had a, um, a filter on there. Here's Hudson Swafford at the Sony. Can you see these? Eight trips, missed the cut just once, three top tens. We've seen him pop up at times, and I feel like he's popped up also on kind of tropical courses. Am I making that up? Didn't he? Wasn't his last win at either Punta Cana or it wasn't Mayakoba, like Bermuda? What was his last win? Didn't he win somewhere tropical? Let's see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He won in Punta Cana. the September version of that in 2020. Then remember, they went back like five months later, T6. His other good finishes, T12 or T2 at the Palmetto. That's not a tropical course. All right. So me, I don't know if there was anything to it, but uh, he's got great history at the Sony Open. Plays decent on kind of coastal tropical courses in my quick eye test. Wouldn't mind that. This is really a good opportunity to get these Corn Fairy guys that you that you might be pretty high on. Uh, Dylan Wu doesn't have a ton of PGA Tour results, but he's gaining DraftKings points to the field, about eight of them on average every single time he tees it up. That's very good. David Lipsky, uh, we haven't seen success on the PGA Tour, but played well on the Corn Ferry last year. He's trying to figure it out. Steven Yeager, I mean, we're going to, going to see these guys' games mature at different rates, and you're wondering if having some time off, you know, most of these guys did play in the fall, so they got kind of their first stretch of PGA Tour action out of the way, and now they get to kind of settle into what their careers are going to be. I think this is a great time to buy on some of those guys, but the $6,000 range in general, uh, I find to be fairly weak. And I might just mostly avoid. Um, let's run a model here, and I'll get you out of here. So here's what we're going to do. Let's go to the last 50 rounds because some of these guys, again, making their yearly debut. So let's set everybody back to their baseline. Let's go with, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do, so if I go back to the course key stats, putting was important. Approach statistically wasn't all that important, but I know, listen, approach is always important. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a couple things. We're going to do weighted putting, weighted strokes gain putting, like 33. We're going to weigh it pretty heavily. We've, we've, we've seen that be a, a fairly consistent correlator to success. Uh, it is a par 70, so we could go with par 4 scoring. I kind of like to do that. Let's throw 25 on par 4 scoring. Let's do um, DraftKings points gained, obviously. So let's do 25 there because this is a, a fantasy scoring game. So I've got 17 left. Notice that I'm not putting anything on distance, not really putting anything on accuracy. I'm just going to put my last 17 on approach. Strokes gained approach. And uh, let's see who my top players are. And yeah, oh boy, come on. You, you knew this, right? Cam Smith, number one, rated out beautifully in the model last week. He's going back to a course he's won at. He's going to model out beautifully. Webb is two. 
Is that surprising? I mean, he's over $10,000. It's probably not all that surprising. Answer is three. Okay, here's here we go. Monday, I'm already I'm already seeing myself trending towards a, a hopefully buy low on Abraham answer situation. I just think this sets up so much better for him than the plantation course did. That was probably one of the worst spots for him. And we knew it. We knew it. This probably one of the better spots for him. 9,700, hopefully everybody forgets about him. Number four is Harris English. Number five is Seamus Power. Wow. Six is Sungjae. You love it. Joel Damon is seven. Mark Leishman is eight. Mark Hubbard is nine. Maverick McNeely is 10. So I've got some homework to do. I got to do some homework on Mark Hubbard because if that is a decent play, $6,600 is going to provide me a lot of salary cap relief. I was pretty high on McNeely as I was going through this, as I was going through the video. The fact that he shows up here might end up being a staple in my lineups. Could I get, see, the problem is I'm going to have to decide between probably Smith and Webb because you can't get them both. You certainly can't get, you know, probably can't get Webb and Sungjae either. And if I really like answer, it's going to be tough to do. So I've got a lot of decisions to be made over the course of the next couple of days. Let me know what you think. Let me know who should be in my top 10 and who you think shouldn't be. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.